Okay, so this is a special episode of Tetonia World Presents. We wanted to talk about Tenant. Um, not a lot of people have seen it, obviously, due to situations around the pandemic, but I had a couple of my best friends to come on, and we wanted to talk about Tenant and see the things that we understood, but more importantly, the stuff that we did not understand. Crib, Kendrick, how are you? I'm doing good. Living the dream. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> um, every time I ask this one question, everything is derailed beyond belief. <laughs> do y'all want to talk about the Bucks for five minutes? Let's do it. Always, always Bucks talk. I'm gonna set a timer. Yeah, set a timer because goes. Um, well, well, Ken is Ken is the Ken is the season ticket holder, so I think you probably um get the floor here if you want to rant. I my only rant, I mean. Bucks are the Bucks. You know, I, for a minute, I almost forgot the mantra, never trust the Bucks. And I, uh, I, 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 hurt, I got myself hurt. If I had remembered that mantra when we were just winning and killing people, I would have been fine. But I actually started to believe the hype. And fortunately for my good friend, Don, he helped bring me back to earth uh, on a lot of things, <laughs> uh, a lot of players. Um, stuff we still defer on Middleton, but my biggest disappointment with the Bucks is their incredibly price hike. That 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 was just too much for me. You know, that was the biggest disappointment. I mean, understand the organization; it's a business. You know, and they got to make money and capitalize when they can. But the price increases were just astronomical, if you ask me. So, so was that coming into this year? That I heard somebody else complaining about that. That the, the ticket price. I'll, I have the numbers not with me right here, but okay. We sat in the eighth row, not this season, but the season before. They raised our ticket seats, our seats, season tickets. We have two. So everything is in two. So it's just a total to me. So they were going to go up $7,000. Oh. And I said, <laughs> mm, not for me. So we moved back six rows and we basically were sitting in row 14 and it was about a thousand dollars a row so we kind of paid almost the same amount i think we saved i might have my numbers off i think we saved about 800 bucks by doing that Mm. Uh, this is for two seats so we did that guess what they raised the price up to Another six thousand dollars. It was it was like the same price if I was so I can't even imagine what the prices are if we had stayed in row eight, what they would be going up to. But basically they, they want to get that money and I just so we uh we are no longer season ticket holders. So is that the reason for the much talked about controversial the fans aren't as loud anymore kind of thing? Is that your opinion also? My opinion on that is um I believe that the Bucks built this arena to be a better concert venue. Um, oh, with the Bradley Center, if you you had to be in the right spot to hear good sound, um, unless you're just going there to get drunk and blasted out of your mind and you really just hear loud sounds. But 
Um, so I, I believe that they really did a fantastic job with that. We've seen music concerts there and the sound is phenomenal from different aspects because I used to work there doing um, um, during the games and for uh, concert events doing paramedic work. But they used to, I, I, anywhere I was at for concerts, the, the, it was just great. So I think that that has a small factor. But yeah, the crowds were just used to people winning, the Bucks winning. And it was just, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with everything a little bit. But the biggest factor, I think, is that it's just a better sound deadening type of environment. Interesting. I, I can't even think of what. I think I went to the Rhythm Nation 1814 tour at the Bradley Center. <laughs> yeah, yeah, buddy, were we? <laughs> were different different yeah. time. Different time, definitely, in my life. Wow. Yeah. The, I, I can't even remember going to anything at the Bradley center, but yeah, that's a good point. So Cri- Cri- uh, crib, any, any bucks thoughts, especially I, I I'm, I'm dead inside. I don't know. Anybody really want to talk about this? <laughs> you know, of course, you know, as a bucks fan right now, having Giannis is super important. So whatever, you know, the organization can do to keep him is super important to me. So that's a win. Anything, any little like sliver of hope or, you feel like, yeah, he's coming back or he's going to sign the Supermax or whatever. I'm, I'm really hanging on to that right now. But to see what happened against Miami, for me, um, I know I've said it, like I was just done until they do something about Bud because there's no adjustment. Like how do you sit there and watch this team just do nothing against Miami? I mean, you have the MVP. I mean, you can argue if he's an MVP or not or whatever, but – you know, and you'd make no adjustments. And really all Miami had to do was a couple of little things defensively and it stopped everything the Bucks wanted to do. So then you can argue players aren't good enough. You know, you need a better version of Middleton, better version of Bledsoe. You can argue all that stuff. Uh, but the coaching is just so awful, just terrible. And now everybody, well, well, you know, he's going to make adjustments and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. He did this in Atlanta. He did this last year with the Bucks, and here we are again. Them doing it, you know, him doing it again. So it's really disheartening to to see them kind of stick with Bud. And I understand contracts, all that, whatever. But uh, so so do we hard. think? Do we think um, that the insanely overrated game four? kept Bootenholzer with his job because I have I, look I, I don't care I I can't care about this till next season which will be what tomorrow I don't know when the next season starts but like it's, <laughs> it's coming right back up but like I, I I'm just like uh it's and I think that's a relic of of like the Packers that when the Packers got eliminated I was just kind of done till the Super Bowl because it's just mm-hmm. I, I I care too much but mm-hmm. but I haven't thought about it I really think if we get swept maybe he's gone but but then like then who do we get? Mark Jackson, like like Doc Rivers, like who's I don't really know who's out there, but yeah. Uh, so is that, is that our five minutes of bucks? Anybody? I like I'm I'm depressed just just that little bit we did. I just, could go I, on and on, but we can stop. It's up to yeah. you. Yeah, I just um, really want to see him do something. Like they really need to become creative in their offensive approach. Play play with what they have. That's all I really. Like, like be smart, like be smarter about your, know what you have and like run an offense that actually makes sense. And they're not running an offense. They're, they're not, the basketball IQ on this team is super low. 
just poor coaching. To wrap it up, what would you guys say are the big are the three, if you want to come up with three or more, whatever, just at least three biggest reasons for the Bucks' failure this year? Number one, James. Number two, Christian. Number three, Middleton. <laughs> I think that's one person. <laughs> no, no, I don't know. I, I, he, he might not even be top three. I mean, again, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking about the other day. Like, think about how great, like literally, because again, he's a second round guy. How great would it be if he was the fourth best guy on a team? Like we go do this to one A, one B, but I think what we saw last year during the regular season is just like, man, he's super great to have as this like shadow weapon that just comes out of nowhere and like has eight quick points in the third quarter. And that, that that's like really who he should be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think like I haven't spent enough time th- even thinking about the boot and holes or stuff. It was just it, it was just so weird. Like, okay, after game one, I was like, okay, here come the adjustments, and they just didn't come. I think that's way more important than Middleton. I do think – I think everyone gets traded at the deadline, though. I, I really think – because I don't think all these, like, deals around the margins that people are talking about, whether they can get, you know, what's-his-name from the Pelicans or, like, any of these guys, I think they'll see pretty quickly – that Middleton has to go because of the contract and it's time to just like, I mean, I think I said this somewhere else, but if you took Middleton and Bledsoe, like the Bucks would have been far better served to have Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. And Middleton might be the best player out of those four some games, but it's like because Marcus Smart for all the flopping and nonsense is like a stone cold will, like winner, winner guy. And you'd, you'd, you'd be better having two less because Bledsoe was just an anchor around everything right now. You're going to have to trade Bledsoe just to get rid of uh, Middleton, just to get rid of Bledsoe, I think. Uh Uh-oh, time's up. (laughs) Go ahead, uh, Crib, uh, go ahead and answer because I'm – Yeah, so – Know what I think. My top three things, um, the first thing would be the adjustments by the coaching staff. That's like number one to me. That needs to be fixed and adjusted somehow. They need to get better or need to go. The other thing I would put in this is that um, Giannis has one move. And I think in the playoffs, teams can watch you on tape and they figure out what you like to do, right? It's not just like, oh, we came off a back-to-back. So they, they've watched you. They know they're prepared. And teams have figured out how to shut down Giannis's one thing that he does well, which is his hero step. You know, they put the wall up or whatever. And so he's got to get better. And, and the team has to do whatever – the organization has to do whatever they can to help him get better. But he needs a second and third move that he can go to, and he doesn't have that, and he hasn't developed that yet. So that's on him. So coaching staff, for sure, Giannis number two. And then I would say the third thing is they need a real Robin. Like they have Batman-ish, like a young Batman, if you will. But, like, they need a real Robin, and Middleton is not that. He's a, his, a, his, he's a third his, or fourth. His name is Bradley Beal, and he'll be yeah. on the books at the trading deadline. They'll, Come on. <laughs> let's see what happens. They'll I, I give a, that, a billion picks. I think, I mean, man, you brought up so many good things. If you, if I just talked about what Don said, if you bring in, if you dump all those guys, it's going to be at Giannis's blessing. I don't think anything is going to happen yeah. without him, and that's why I think they still have Bud. The... Yeah, leadership, they're afraid to do anything too drastic. They're not going to do any because they want to get Giannis under wraps first. 
So Bud mm-hmm. wasn't going anywhere unless he unless Giannis said, yeah, he's got to go. And that's never going to happen. So Bud wasn't going to go anywhere. He failed, but he still made them tons of money. So they see that. I mean, winning a championship, I think, for these teams are, are yes, they're big goals, but I don't think it's their number one goal. I mean, they're still looking at that bottom line, and they brought in a ton of revenue. So they need to keep Giannis on board to keep that going. Um, and I don't think they get rid of Milton unless Giannis said, yeah, get rid of him. Do whatever you got to do to get me somebody better. Yeah. But you're still going to take a big drop. I, I think I think Middleton truly is is a number three, you know. Yeah. They they need somebody with maybe Middleton's skill, but just better heart. Middleton just cowers and he just doesn't for, – he doesn't have an inside game either. And his, and his jumper is – I mean, his dribbling skills – like Bradley, who, what's the other guy? Not Bradley Bill, the guy who played for the Spurs. Now he, then he got traded for Kawhi. No, he is with the Spurs. Um, DeRozan. Yeah. Like that mentality that DeRozan plays with is is leaps and bounds better, and he has better handles. So that's why I would value DeRozan a little bit better, but he's tiny and he doesn't play that great at defense. But yeah, not that Middleton does either. But you know what I'm saying? It's, I don't think Middleton's going anywhere, long story short. It was it was interesting too to see like all the regular season layups that Middleton was just getting like hey everyone's looking you know everyone's spread out and he just hey I'm gonna fool you a couple of times a game and get like a regular season layup like in the playoffs against the Heat there were like three guys jumping at it and he was getting these like far less than 50 50 kind of coin flip layups and he was like just missing all of them you know and it's just like Mm -hmm. yeah the playoff the playoffs are tougher I I don't know I. I did like the version of him where they were just like, "Hey, dude, shoot every single time." Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that, I was like, "I was like, great." I've been saying that the whole time. Like, just just keep shooting, just keep yeah. shooting. Um, all right, enough about the Bucks. Any any, any closing thoughts? Sign the um, supermax. <laughs> my three things that I was going to say was horse. He's surrounded. Whoever you want to say their leaders are, Giannis and Middleton with a bunch of, I mean. My goodness, they've done so poorly on drafting. Giannis was a, I mean, all drafts are 50-50, but I think they, they, Wes Matthews was decent for what they're paying him. Robin Lopez was good. Getting rid of Delhi. But I mean, I so I put a lot on horse and I put, I mean, Giannis is right there. That game is too one dimensional. He wants to be great. He wants to do all this. Then make your free throws, homie. How about that? <laughs> I mean, my goodness. 100%. And yep. then the third one, I would say it, it has to be uh, Giannis again. Learn how to make a jumper. You got to have something six to eight feet from the basket. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I mean, everybody dumps on Chris because they want Chris to be better than what he is. Chris is what he is. He got paid for, for the numbers he produces. But, yeah, he ain't all that. He's not Bradley Beal. He doesn't have the heart of um, smart or even Lowry, you know, he just mm. taller guy and dependent play lazy his whole life. And, you know, he has some skills, but he ain't ever going to be those guys. I don't think they're going to get rid of him. Cause I think that that's his, to Giannis, that is his Robin. Yep. That's what I think. Anyway, we can be done. So tenant, the reason I wanted you guys on tenant. Well, first of all, um, I think one of us loved it 
and I liked it. And one of us was kind of, what's the big deal about it? Um, would that, would that be accurate? For me? Um, yeah, that's a good synopsis of how it. Well, but we've all seen it. So we've all seen it twice or or two or three times. Right. So we've all seen it twice. That's cool. Yep. Yep. Okay. Like you have to every Nolan movie, right? Like you need you. That's the beauty of his stuff. But anyway, can you do the barber the the barbershop bootleg or did you? You know (laughs) what? I'm I okay. So I'm not gonna say anything more. (laughs) All right, all right. Yeah, I seen it at at a place. It was bootleg. It was a bad copy, and and it was just on. So I mean, speakeasy. It, it, was, it was a dark, dark corner. <laughs> you went through the the, the, yeah. the doorway with the beads. And... Right, right. You got to know the passcode. Special knock. Handshape. <laughs> yep. Um, so so you, it was on. Nothing to do for a 24-hour period, you know. So it's just like, oh, I'm just going to do this and blah, blah, blah. I didn't know what was going on. I gave up like 30 minutes in. But it's like, I'm going to go see it at the movies. I seen it at the movies. You can go on. I don't know if you're ready for it. Where so, did you start at, Ken? So, so, I seen it from the beginning. Okay, from the beginning. Okay, yeah. all right. And so I'll say from the start, again. this is the spoiler-free portion of the podcast. So if you're listening right now, and uh, you've had enough of our hot bucks talk, this is the, we're not going to spoil any. It's kind of hard to spoil anyway, but we will let you know. There's one guy who listens to this on a motorcycle. Uh, we'll give you plenty. I'll, I'll I'll play a little. I'll probably play the trailer in between so there'll be plenty of time from this point to the time that we talk about spoilers um so no spoilers but and 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 so so ken you were you were kind of kind of mid about it you were kind of like what's the big deal about tenet the premise of of a lot of nolan's films kind of annoy me um not the premise but the thing that um crib likes about tenet kind of annoys me about Nolan's films. I don't want to have to watch a film two or three times to get a good chunk of what it was about. Like my first viewing of this, when I went to the theater and seen it, I still walked out and was like, what, what, what did I just do? I, what was that? (laughs) And I don't feel like a moviegoer should have to chunk down some more money to get a good gist of it. Like you should be able to eat, a good 75% of that burger. And, you know, if you want to, or, you know, that steak, let's put it that way and take the rest home and make some, you know, something else with it, throw it in some, Mm -hmm. some eggs in the morning, but I should not have to like, I don't know what that was and take the whole meal home. Then why, why go? So that irritated me and it prevented me. And and so like immediately I had to go, go home and like start watching YouTube videos to see what, what, what was that? You know, so I intentionally, I'll just say right now, um, I listened to one podcast just to kind of remember the scenes, but I intentionally stayed ignorant on stuff just for the purpose of this conversation. Cause I think this is going to be this, the second half of this, we're really going to try to piece, you know, put this back together. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but, but let's not talk about that yet. So, but crib crib, you loved it. You loved yeah, it. I, I'm a big fan of Nolan's movies and I, I will take, uh, the illustration or analogy that Ken used there, you know, it is a, it's a fine wine, right? Like his movies are fine wine. You can go and see a Marvel movie and it's like, cool. I got this Reese's peanut butter cup. I know what it's going to be like. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, those are all dessert. Nolan's movies are like, 
a complex meal or a complex wine or bourbon, whatever you're into, like you have to really, really see them and taste them and understand them. So I love that about that. And I love going to the movies because a movie for me is like this adventure escape kind of thing. And so like, I guess maybe I'm over romanticizing it a little bit, but I, I love, I love the way he does movies. I love that he makes you think about what's happening. There are times, um, and I would go back to like the, the last Batman movie, the dark Knight rises or whatever. And I think he overthinks things sometimes. Like I felt like he overthought that movie and that's a whole different story or whatever, but like he got bigger than Batman, I'm a big Batman fan, but, but I really thought this was awesome. Like he excels when he has this fresh open canvas. Your punishment must be more severe. Your yeah. punishment. <laughs> right. Which, uh, you know, that, uh, Bane is fantastic, right? In the world of masks. No one cared who I was. I put this mask on, right? So like, I, I, I say that all the time. Every time I put my mask on, I think I say that now. But like, I I just loved it. I, thought it was, <laughs> uh, I just thought it was great. I thought, it, I thought it made you think. And I'll agree with Ken too. Like the first time I walked out, I was like, what? what? I went with my wife and and I tried to talk her into seeing it a second time. There's no way. Oh, oh, oh what, yeah. did, what, what, did, what, did your, what did your wife think about it? She She was just like, what? I what's happened? Like she didn't know. She's probably more like Ken. I probably could have gone with Ken and got the same experience as I did with my wife. But like, uh, she would not go back and see it a second time with me. So, I, I do think his movies make you think, and this was more complex, I will say, than any of the other movies that I have seen. But I think when we get into some of the spoilers, it's really not as complex as you, as it might come across. There's a lot of. Uh, you know, just stuff happening that's really taken away from what's really happening. I think so. Ken, did great. your beloved did your beloved watch Tenet? No, no. Opposites attract. My wife did not grow up watching a lot of TV or movies, and even when she watches movies today, we could put it back on in uh, in about three weeks, and she'll forget the plot. Like it's 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 not. I grew up. I was a TV baby, and you know and grew up watching TV and movies my whole life. My dad was a big movie watcher. And so it's been like, like crib movies have been always a blast to me. I'll, I'll always go to the theaters to see movies. I'm not that big on a big, don't spoil it because I can, I can just, I can drop that out of my brain and just watch it and still enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I love going to the movies. I love, I never really camped out. Like, like I know that some of you guys do or have done. But I, I still love going to the movies, and I'll, I'll always go. But my wife, no. And then when I seen it, I was like, I'm not even going to try to explain it to you because I don't even know what happened. <laughs> and I would never take her to a movie like this. It, it would be, I would be have, I would have to talk her through every point. It would, and then she would forget it in a week. So it, I love my right. wife, sweetie, but it's not her cup of tea. Yeah. We yeah. went. So we went. Um... We saw it twice. Uh, so the first time, the first time was date night at the IMAX. Um, feel like it was twenty people there, like pre-assigned seats, and mm-hmm. they they tried to do the, They did the thing where, so if it, how if it's twenty seats in a row or whatever it would be, kind of in the middle section, they like they like blocked off, you know, alternating seats. But it was still twenty people in the whole place, maybe thirty people in the whole place. You know, we had it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, had some adult iced tea and, and the whole deal. And, and she was like, yeah, that's fine. Let's go home, you know, mm-hmm. but then, but then we went to the drive-in 
we took the kids to the drive-in to see it the, the the Monday after that, and the kids were also like, "Ah, eh, that's straight. Let's go home." Mm-hmm. You know, it was they're like, "Okay, that's cool." And but at the drive-in, um, like, I guess that's how they're staying open because like you look to the left and it's like, "Oh, that's the Matrix," and you look to the right and it's like Endgame, and and mm-hmm. I think it was something like behind us was like i want to say dirty dancing or one of those 80s kind of it mm-hmm. was just like it was all movies that you just glanced and immediately kind of knew what it was or it was ferris bueller's day off was on another one so it was just like it was right. basically tenant tenant and then like the greatest hits of you know the last 30 years or whatever mm-hmm. but yeah I, I she was just like yeah it's okay it's okay um so i want to ask you the, the other reason i wanted to have you guys on is you two are are probably amongst my most stylish friends um especially uh with this uh the shoot the suits in the shoe game uh i have strong thoughts about the fashion uh, of tenant but i was wondering if anybody had any thoughts on that before i jump in um i want to hear what you gotta say or you want me to go first go ahead crib I feel like um, I think I think if you go back and you kind of look at some of Nolan's movies, right? So this is in line. This is a Bond. This is Nolan's Bond movie, right? Like so, I I, I thought it was great. I love I loved the um, fashion of Neil in the movie. I thought he was super sharp. With the scene where they're um, I'm getting crazy spoilers or whatever, but the big plane scene, right? Um, I thought they, I thought that was awesome. I thought, I thought kind of going to do a job there and the way that their look was good. Um, I, I didn't mind the fashion of the movie at all. I thought it was fantastic. Really appreciated kind of how he brought it all together in that way. And he also kind of got the fun, the fun kind of story behind it where, you know, he gets the black card or whatever he gets and, you know, Brooks brothers is outdated. And there's like that whole conversation about fashion, which I thought was kind of a, uh, like a back backwards slap to uh the bond movies and you know mi6 or whatever whatever bonds agency is i wanted him to be wearing the suit that michael kane was wearing like and then he like goes and gets a suit and it's got like a vest and it's kind of like it's not white but it's kind of like a bone gray or whatever and it's i was like oh okay that's because like what's her name calls it out she's like well you got the watch you got the you got the bat got the whatever but um I was just like, oh, okay. Like I, I wanted him in, I mean, this is like the most niche criticism ever, but I was like, I wanted him in a bond suit. I wanted him in a blue suit or a Navy suit and not like this. Like it, there was a lot of like polos, like with the Kanye, like buttoned all the way up kind of stuff. And I'm like, you know, these clothes look expensive, but I didn't feel like it. a lot of people are like, oh, this movie star role by this, this guy, uh, John David Washington. And I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah. It's just like, I, I don't know. It didn't get there all the way for me. And so I was wondering if anybody, Felt similarly, apparently not. No, the shoe I, game was bad. The shoe, I will say, because I'm a shoe guy, right? So like his shoes throughout the movie were like terrible. I don't know, they looked like slippers to me. I, that was, I was like, what? What is he wearing? Like those look like some suede rubber bottom shoes that I had in like sixth grade that left marks all over the gym floor or whatever. I didn't know what that was all about. I liked one outfit that he had on, and that. I think he was in Mumbai when he first met Neil. Neil just pop, shows up out of the blue when he calls and he needs to get someplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he had on, I can't you know, think of the exact color, but it was like a light tannish, what a pinkish hue to it. 
but yeah, it was a lot of knit fabrics, a lot of knit going on, uh, and a lot of polos. It, yeah, a lot of polos. You what you did see is a, you see that this he really went away from uh, the more of the slim fitting. It was it was more of a, a basic standard fit for a lot of the, his outfits, both of them. Okay, yeah. so this this brings this brings us to my second because I think this is. Um, and again, I hope again, I hope this is the podcast that keeps it real. Uh, the couple of podcasts I listened to, including the excellent, oh, I almost called it Leftover Pop Pod. The um, what's uh, Master of Movies, Adam McGee? What's his podcast? Um, I'll put this in a post. This this will be the part where somebody talks backwards to me and tells me tells me what the answer is. But it's um, oh, uh, captured on captured on celluloid. People are like John David Washington, John David Washington. So I there's there's a couple of of major questions, but. First of all, did y'all know that that was Denzel's kid going into the movie? Oh, yeah, definitely. I knew that back from the movie. Yeah. I know he had kids, but I didn't know he had one in the uh, film industry at all. And and then I looked up and he's been in a couple movies. He was in that, what, that Black Klansman? Yeah. That's where I knew. That's where where I was told that that was his his kid. Yeah. And he co produced or something. What was it? Was that the book of Eli? Oh, well, I looked at the IMDb too, but I was like, people were like, uh, oh, John David Washington, John David Washington. I'm like, oh, he's probably on a Showtime show that I'm not watching, or he's probably <laughs> been doing a bunch of stuff. And I yeah. was like, oh, no, he's been in three things. It's Denzel's kid. Like, this is no different than like Clint Eastwood's kid. Like, um, uh, Scott Eastwood is in stuff. Like, he, yeah. he tried to have like, a, he tried to have a name that wasn't his name, but then he's like ultimately had to like go back to being called Scott Eastwood to get roles. Like, I didn't think he was terrible. Don't get me wrong. But, um, so anyway, and this is, this is a little bit, I don't want to say anything obviously sexist. In between the first and second watching, I discovered that it was Denzel's kid. And then the viewing experience was more interesting with that knowledge. And it was almost like, Cause I didn't feel like he was charismatic at all. I thought he was basically like, like a, like a five out of 10 in everything. And people were like, Oh, the great charisma of this guy, John David Washington. I'm like, who's this dude? He looks like that guy. He looks like, well, any black guy with a beard. Right. I mean, he doesn't look that dissimilar from the guy on the, on the self uh, Jalen Brown or, or the guy, you know, the safe, the safety for the Eagles or any of these dudes. And I'm like, well, who's this guy? Right. And then the second time, and then I told my wife and my wife is like, Oh, he walks like Denzel. Yep. Or or or, or this and the, like little laughs, little but like like still like if there was if there was a chart of charisma and like number one was like the bearded black guy from Interstellar who like doesn't go into hypersleep and is basically like this this like barely awake guy and like ten is Denzel. Like his son was a five to me, and like people, I don't I don't get like people like movie star the movie star capability of of this guy, and I was like ah. Oh, no, he was pretty good. I was just like, oh, he was pretty good. Yeah, he was. I thought there was moments like when you find out or, or like when you like start putting like when he pops his suit collar, you know, it's like that's a that's a Denzel move right there. You know, my man. Right. Like I'm just wait. I, I yeah, there was some definite. Oh, that looks like your dad kind of moments after you kind of start fine tooth combing what he's doing and some of his some of the stuff he pulls off. Yeah, like you and on second viewing, I did. Um, notice when he sat down uh, and crossed his legs the way where he sat up straight and put his hands out. You, you could see that all day 
Denzel, a couple different movies that he's done that in. You could see the the delivery of a few lines that that I don't know, just this the way that it came off. But still, I don't think he was good enough to carry this role. Just my opinion. What would you? I agree. I I agree. I agree. But go ahead. I would, I would guess like what would you have him do differently like what what would you expect from this role i guess well i don't know how far we're going to get to it because i made some notes <laughs> not, yeah not about him but just and I, I i guess i wanted to to show the positivity that i had towards the movies but I, I got a few things that really just detracted from me like getting into the characters so do we have anything no that's interesting fact, yeah it, it, like but again it. like I, oh the fashion go ahead if we're going to stay sticking to the fashion, I, I like I like some of their clothes. You could see a shift away from the super slim fitting uh, of a James Bond, because like Crip said, this is to me I, when I describe this to y'all, I'm like this was James Bond with time travel, um, Nolan Nolan style, you know. Yeah, you saw it first. You yeah. saw it first too, and you and I think that was that was very accurate what you said. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think they were. I I like some of Neil's outfits. The the a lot of scarves. Um, I think they were mules in a lot of the knits, the lightweight fabrics, cause they were in really super warm climates, but you know, he's wearing boots with, with black socks. It, it just, there was a lot that just didn't make any sense for, for where they were located. You know? Uh, the, uh, dog, that's why, that's why I had you on that you, that you have that intention to detail that you noticed that I, I did not notice that I'm at like, all. I guess hot in the mug in, in India. <laughs> this, dude, this cat's got on some, I don't know if I couldn't see if they were leather, if they were suede, but it just, it just didn't vibe. You know, the, the heavy use of the polos again, button all the way up to the neck in this climate. It just, it just didn't seem to fly. You know, they were, they were more going towards the fashion and, and, and the look more so than, uh, fitting in and trying to make the rest of this make like it makes sense. Uh, the uh, the the beautiful woman in there. What's her name? I don't know her name. But I thought I know, she but was, she's super tall. She's like that was. She so so what do you know her? What do you know her from? And this is the podcast where we will not know her name. I guess I could look it up. But what do you know her from? Uh, probably one of my favorite movies. I watched that just the uh, probably two nights ago. Um, I'm trying to bring it up now because I want to. Give her, give her a proper do. What is this chick's name? Anyway, uh, the man from Uncle. I yes. like that movie. I like that movie for the music and the fashion. And you know, yes, you can really talk fun. about a movie where that where there where uh, Superman looks incredible in the Man from Uncle. Uh, yeah. That like his suits are yeah. Yeah, and I mean even uh, the uh, the I can't think of people's names. I'm not that good. You guys got movie lines in your heads and all that stuff. I I'm, she I'm so she was playing. in Gar- she was in Guardians of the Galaxy too. Also, oh, yes, she, yes, she, right. she she was the golden because because that was gonna be they, they were gonna do that Adam Warlock plot. Like they kind of made it seem like they were gonna do the Adam Warlock think plot going into Thanos, yeah. and they just never did. You're right, right, exactly. I did not know that was her from that. That's that's a good that's a good pull. I did not know that. Apparently she's really tall. She yeah. is. I mean, you can see that it was like the Tom Cruise effect happening in a couple, couple scenes in the movie. I'm like, they need to put um, uh, Washington on some stilts or something next to her. Man. Yeah, she was taller than some of the largest men that were in that movie. Like in yeah. one. Scene. Oh, she was in Gatsby too. Her name is Elizabeth uh, Debicki. Debicki. De- she was in. She was in. I like that Gatsby. It's kind of not great, but I like. She was Jordan. Um, 
uh, the other one in, in Gatsby. She's the object of the desire in the, uh, is that the Baz Luhrmann Gatsby? Mm-hmm. Again, that's what I wanted from this podcast. This again, the disclaimers, we are not movie experts at all. We are movie fans. So yeah, yeah like, for sure. For sure. Like I said, I can't even remember movies. You said we're going to do this. I'm like, I'm going to have to watch this a couple more times just so I don't sound like a complete idiot. But, uh, yeah, I liked, I liked her fashion. She, she dressed really well for her parts. Uh, mm-hmm. whoever dressed her, you know, I would get, if anybody got a nod, it would be her for what, what she had on there. Whoever did hers, they did a really good job. The men. Eh. So, so we're, so let's go into spoilers. Let's go into spoilers. Um, but first, before we go into spoilers, so generally I, I kind of, uh, tend to kind of go more on the three point scale of, or the four, the four star scale. I, to me, it was a three out of four star kind of movie. Uh, when you get into five stars, I, I, my calibration gets a little bit off, but to me it was, it was like, um, amongst the Nolans, I think it's probably back around six or seven. It's probably in that third tier of kind of the Dunkirk class. Uh, but I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. I was very happy to go to the show and, and, and see it. I, I had some questions that we'll get into, mm-hmm. but, I, but it's, it's a thumbs. If we do thumbs up, thumbs down, I think it's a thumbs up, oh, yeah. uh, what just to put that in perspective, uh, Don? What's your what's your number one Nolan movie? Uh, so clearly you didn't listen to the Nolan cast, but my number one <laughs> <laughs> Nolan movie was wasn't was, in, was Inception. Okay, all right. So Inception one for you. Okay, but Inception I like all of the Batman. Uh, Inception Dark Knight Rises is the one that I like the most. Um, that that isn't necessarily the best, but it's almost like my Attack of the Clones, where I just like attack of the clones but it's not the best one uh so yeah uh, um dark i think i did i think i went in order like inception uh dark knight interstellar dark knight rises um prestige something like that but i i think i think it's back there i think it's back there with the other ones um it's back there with you know batman begins got it so we're 40 minutes in and so 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 Ken, would you still uh, begrudgingly give it a thumbs up? I would give it a thumbs up. Um, yeah, a reluctant thumbs up. I would give it a thumbs up because it, it was still good, even if you didn't understand it. It was some stunts that were really exceptional and, you know. Backwards cars driving. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I give it to him. So we all we all give it a thumbs up. We all give it a thumbs up. Yep. One of these bullets is like us, traveling forwards through time. The other one's going backwards. Can you tell which is which? How about now? Why does it feel so strange? You're not shooting the bullet. You're catching it. Whoa. I didn't went back in myself, felt like hell. Work, I risked it, pace yourself. How you living? No, you thrilling off a cynic. How I got my strikes and pendants back and out in the street. One is wild, let it be. Rages out, gotta eat. Not a vibe, but away with the sound. By the way, kind of down by the days. Who's the America? He seems nice. I invited him to the dinner. It's good with fists for a diplomat.
There are people in the future who need us. You got something. Not gonna like it. Time isn't the problem. Getting out alive is the problem. Close the opera. Hit a red and blue outside. I think our options up. I'm a magic random map. I had to line it up. I be swerving on the waves. It's like a line of Move in first. On my turf, I'm out of line. I put in work. I draw the line and cross it first. I need the time. I need the search. It's just like one and make it worse. Skirt, skirt. In a verse. Skirt, skirt. You have no idea what you're getting yourself into if you go through that door. It's slow motion when I dance. Well, I'm going, so any tips will be welcome. Ain't no time on faces scams. What do you think we're seeing? The detritus of a coming war. You want to crash a plane? Well, how big a plane? That part is a little dramatic.